Hello, fans of podcasted statistics lectures for psychology students. Dave Broadback, uh, Malcolm University. Uh, the lecture you're about to hear is from Psychology 3256, Advanced Univariate Statistics. This is take two of this intro, by the way, because I got the name wrong the last time. I got the name wrong of a course I've taught 23 times and made up the name. Uh, anyway, uh, there's also YouTube videos that go with this. So search for my name if you want to see uh, slides synced with my voice. Uh, beyond that, I hope you get something out of this. And if you don't, well, that's all. But this is basically going to be a combining a between measures approach or repeated measures approach and sort of within approach or repeated or a between measures or independent groups approach. So putting both together. So, so far we've talked about simple between and within experiments. That's just a one-way analysis of variance either with repeated measures or not. And we've talked about factorial analyses, that's with more than one independent variable, um, both between and within. Right? So between subjects just means different subjects, different groups. Within subjects is everybody gets the same. Everybody gets all levels of experiment. What about combinations? I now think of the little girl meme saying, why not both? So let's do both. I'm pretty hip with 2014 references. I'm hip with the scene. I'm down at the street. My street name is Dave. Given me by my parents. Um, so let's combine the two. That's all I'm saying. It's pretty simple. And I'm, I'm getting excited because, uh, you know, I've got a fake in enjoyment of statistics. No, I actually do like it. You might ask why, and it's not just because this is something you might want to teach somebody, but it's actually a very, very common approach. You'll see this if you go to the thesis uh, uh, conference thing, which I encourage you to do, March 27th, I think. Um, go. See. I think it's biology in the morning and psychology in the afternoon, or reverse, I don't know which. But go, you'll see people doing things where they have an independent var variable that's repeated and one that isn't. You might want more than one between or one within. Let's say species and learning, something I'm kind of interested in. So if I'm comparing two species, so learning, we always have to have repeated measures, right? We've talked about that before. But if I'm going to compare two species, I can't use that as a repeated measures thing. I can't, you know, say, well, now you're a chickadee, and later I will turn you into a dark-eyed joker. That's not a thing. I don't have those powers. If I did, you'd all be standing, lining up on, you know, Sundays and worshiping me. So, by the way, in the game of civilization, you can create your own religion. My, my religion is always just called Dave, or broad mechanism. <coughs> you know. And it's great converting the cities to broad mechanism. All I think about is civilization. Anyway, what about sex differences, right? It's something always interested in, right? So male-female differences in, say, learning, right? That's a thing. What about learning different 
tasks, a spatial task and a verbal task. Ooh, boy, we got all kinds of different things. See, that's a two by two by two, one between, or two between, one within. Woo! No. Two within, one between. So there's all kinds of possibilities here. And in fact, a lot of experiments uh, involve having a repeated measure and a between subject factor. And of course, then the ubiquitous, uh, the, the et cetera. Um, Okay, here's an example. We have two kinds of memory tests here. We have implicit memory and explicit memory. Implicit memory is I ask you to, I, well, first of all, what do I do? I give you a list of words. Okay? And then I, I, I either have you recall the words, that's explicit, or I have you fill in the blanks of the words, or extend completion, like the first few letters, and I leave some blank. And I compare those words to distracted ones, like ones you haven't seen. And in fact, you do do better than ones you've just seen. And you may not even be aware that they were on the list. That's what's kind of cool about it. Take my memory class, second term next year, and learn all about it. Implicit and explicit memory. And we get retention rules here, five minutes, one hour, 24 hours. This is not an uncommon approach in cognitive psychology. You may be concerned. No, it turns out you shouldn't be concerned, but you may be concerned that the explicit test somehow contaminates the implicit test, and you want to just sort of uh, to look at one thing in isolation. So you want to have one group do the explicit experiment and one group do the implicit. Okay? Questions so far? All right. You still want the K function, so you want to see if there is one. There won't be one with implicit. There will be one with explicit. Uh, so you want to see that, so you want to do repeated measures. So group one is the implicit, group two is the explicit. So the sources of variation here, and I'm just saying group one is subjects one to 10, group two is subjects 11 to 20. I'm just saying n equals 10. So the sources of variation here are test type, right? Implicit or explicit, that's one variable. A second variable is retention interval. Five minutes, one hour, 24 hours. When we talk about repeated measures, when I was talking about subjects here, we can't talk about subjects here without mentioning where they are. So we say subjects nested in test type. That's how you read that. Subjects are nested in test type. Because you can't mention subjects without saying where they are. And it's not an interaction, really, because all subjects don't get all letter levels of test type. But subjects get one level or the other of test type. So subjects are nested within the test type. OK? So we have analysis of variance summary table here that's actually not that hard to build. You start out with the, the between subject variable, which is test, or test type, whatever you want to call it. Okay? That's where you start. And then you list, so you list all your between subjects variables. Then you talk about subjects. In this case, we have subjects within test. And then you go, then do your 
within subject variables, retention interval. And then you cross it, look, retention interval by test, retention interval by subjects within test, done. This is called Yates' order. This was developed. This, this way of presenting the variables is Frank Yates' idea. He was one of the people who started doing it algebraically, along with Fisher. So, and then for the, what, what are the error terms? Test and subjects within test. Retention interval, retention interval by subjects within test. Retention interval by test, retention interval by subjects within test. Degrees of freedom. There are two kinds of tests, so one. Subjects within test, n minus one, which is nine, because there are 10 subjects in each group. 10 minus one is nine, times two levels of test is 18. There's three levels of retention interval, so there's two degrees of freedom there, and then so on. The nice thing is when you do these things, the chance of you getting the, the, the degrees of freedom right and having done it wrong are pretty slim. So it's sort of a way to double check yourself. Because there are 60 observations in that experiment. So that means there are a total of 59 degrees of freedom. And when we divide it up, we get these degrees of freedom here as we have in the table. And our total is 59. Now we probably get it right. Questions so far? Please. What was that part about the 18 again? 18, so there's 10 subjects in each group. So 10 minus 1 is 9, n minus 1, mm. and times two levels of test. Okay. That's all it is. So it's not the total number of subjects in the whole experiment. Because remember, it says subjects are in test. So it's how many subjects are in each level of test, minus 1, times the number of levels of test. OK? Mm -hmm. Make sense? So in a review how to do this, you list your between, subject, between subjects factors, then you list your subjects, and then you list your within subjects factors. And then you, as you go along, you do the interactions of each factor with everything above it. If you do that, you cannot make mistakes. It's very mechanical. The beautiful thing about this is it's completely mechanical. You can't do this incorrectly. It's beautiful. It just works always. And the error terms are easy to figure out because it's always the thing that's below the thing you're interested in that has subjects in it. Now, this assumes everything is fixed and the subjects are random factors. And in fact, almost your whole life will so you don't have to worry about any. And you know what? When they aren't, there are ways to find that out. A really, and this isn't going to happen if you don't go to graduate school anyway. But a really good graduate level stats book will have a, a table of how to figure out expected values and mean squares in the back. Maybe work out that. You know what else? You can just call somebody. Go find out who the stats person is, you know. When you're doing your work and say, uh, I don't know how to do this. And they don't. And if you've seen that YouTube video of me showing you how to do a repeated measurement design, you actually have to do the calculation yourself. You actually have to get a calculator and 
divide one mean square by the other. Well, if you don't know, that, but again, that's it, one's fixed and subjects are random. But that's going to be the case probably for your whole life if you go on and do anything like this. Okay, here's another example. This is, we have five, five subjects per group. And I've got, oh, well, I'm not going to tell you. All I can tell you is I've got, what, three levels of B, two levels of C, and two levels of A. What are our between subject variables in A? That's, that's how you start it. Let's figure out what the betweens are. What's, what's, what, what, which one is a between subject factor? Or which ones? Look at it this way. Which one the different subjects get different levels of that factor? So let's look at A. The different subjects get different levels of A. It's a simple question. It's a yes or no question. Yeah, they do, right? A1, group 1 gets A1, and group 2 gets A2. A is a between subjects factor. Okay, what about B? The different subjects get B1, B2, and B3. Everybody gets B1, everybody gets B2, everybody gets B3. And I think it's the same with C, right? Yeah, everybody gets C1, everybody gets C2. So those are within subjects factors. So A is a between subject factor, B and C are within subjects factors in this case. So between subjects within, between is A, within are B and C. And these are supposed to be arrows, but they're, I didn't feel like pulling the little drawing thing tool down and making arrows, so I did a minus and A greater than so. Okay, so A is in between, B and C are within. Does that make sense? Because different subjects get different levels of A, but everybody gets every level of B, and everybody gets every level of C. Okay? All right. I don't know how I'm going to teach a three-hour class next year. I really don't. Anyway. able to get the, the, the C. I think I can get some seniors discounts now. I'm pretty excited about that. It's starting to be the case that I'm older than my students' parents. That's weird to me. In like 1990, what was that? No, in 2001, yeah, I was teaching in Newfoundland. I was teaching intro psych and they were all 18. And I was 36, and I stopped in the middle of class and went, oh my god, twice your age. Now I'm older than your parents. Anyway, whoa, look at that. Actually, A is between. B and C are within. This isn't actually that hard. It looks ugly. I think it looks beautiful. But 
It looks complicated, but it's not that bad. Let's not worry about degrees of freedom yet. Let's just get the terms right. So we've got A. It's the only between subject that. It's the only one. So we list it. And now we list the subjects. And they have to be within A. Because it's the between subjects factor. So A, subjects within A. And then I did C next. I don't know why. I could have done B next. But I'm sticking it to the man by doing B, by doing C instead of B. I don't know what the hell I was doing. Why not? C, C by A, C by S within A. Done. B. B by A, B by S within A, B by C, B by C by A, B by C by S within A, done. It's mechanical. It's very mechanical. As for the degrees of freedom, we take a look. There's two levels of A. We have, wait, wait, what did I say N was? Two. So it's five, right? Was that the written anyone? It must be. <laughs> yes, it must be. So four and minus one times two levels of A is eight. These are pretty simple. Oh, then the rest just go from there, okay? The rest just go from there. And then what do you test with what? When you do, we, we actually did the analysis of variance would be mean squared A divided by mean squared for S within A. Mean squared for C, mean squared by S by C within A. Mean squared for C by A, etc. Okay? That's all you do. And you're just, again, you're probably wondering, why am I worrying about this? Because, well, there's a couple reasons. First of all, if you don't have a software that can do repeated measures easily, you're going to have to do it this way and list out each subject, each score, as a different row. Just like I did, it's in that YouTube video that I have uh, on my website and on the, on the, both on my blog and on the podcast. It's on both places. So you might have to do it that way anyway. Secondly, why do you go to do an analysis? One of the nice things that computers have done is they've made doing data analysis you don't have to do this shit by hand. You know what the bad part is? It's too easy. So it's so easy that you can do it wrong and it still gives you an answer. So when you, before you analyze your data, or when you're reading a damn paper, just look at the design and say, okay, they're using a little bit. I'm just going to break it down and see what, they, how, what, what the mean score should look like. Because you know what? Sometimes people do it wrong. I have actually when reviewing manuscripts for journals, when, I'm, when it's an analysis of variance I'm using, I draw the, well, I this all the time, anyway, I draw the design in for myself, just like you with A's and B's and C's and the groups, I do that. And then I say, okay, how would you do this? And then I take a look, and about one time out of 10, I catch someone making a mistake. They aren't doing it to, you know, cheat. People do things wrong. So it allows me as a reviewer to say, oh, you did that one wrong. You might want to redo that. In fact, if you don't redo it, you're going to make an idiot of yourself. Right? So people make mistakes. So if you can catch you making mistakes, you correct stuff. But also, it's so easy to do an analysis and get some numbers when you're doing it yourself. 
sometimes you want to double check it just by doing it sort of doing this step at least by hand. Let's do one more. Well, this was complicated. It looks the same, except when you look a little more closely at it. What are the between subjects factors here? What are they? There's just two. Now I'm getting in between hints. There's two between subjects factors. What are they? How do you know? Because different subjects get different levels of A and different levels of B. What about C? Everybody gets every level of C, don't they? Okay, so now we have two betweens and one within. We've just changed the external a little bit. Subjects are now nested within A B interactions. They aren't just nested within A or within B, they're nested within A B interactions. Right? Look, because you got G1 is in A1B1, G2 is in A1B2, etc. So they're within AD interactions. Okay. And I hear I said there's six per group. And we've got what? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 times 6, 72. There are 72 observations, should be 71 degrees of freedom. Do this one. A, B, doesn't matter, you can do B, A, I just did A. A, B, A by B, S within A, B. And then C, etc. And I cross them. And you can see what the test was white by just taking a look and seeing what's below this that has it. So A and then and subjects. Oh, that would be the error term for A. So all you have to do is just to remember between subjects within. That Yates order thing. If you can remember that, then you can always do this problem. I can tell you about 37.5% of the marks on the final exam are doing these things.
listening to the lecture um all of the audio is available of course on itunes or whatever podcatcher you're using just search for da- uh, dr dave broadbeck's uh, psychology lectures in algoma university which is the most ungainly title ever uh these are released under a sh- uh, um, creative commons copyright share like 3.0 canada uh you can't use these for commercial purposes um you feel free to share them uh and feel free to match them up any way you want but if you do that that means i get to do the same thing with your stuff Sort of like the GNU license. Um, I hope you learned something. But if you didn't, I, unless you're one of my students, I really don't care. Um, the music, by the way, for each uh, song, for each uh, uh, 
episode, <laughs> lecture, uh, is uh, available. They're all podcasts, uh, like Podsafe Music. So if you want to uh, find out about the bands, there's links on my website at people.aoc.ca slash broadback. Uh, if those links don't work, just contact me and I'll find uh, I'll find out. Um, often I put links uh, actually in the uh, what I call them show notes or blog posts. So, uh, you know, buy these people's music. They're, they're making the stuff available out there. Uh, thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.